everybody, Jim Sammons here, and welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show Live. As always, brought to you by all our wonderful sponsors. Scrolling across the bottom there, including Ballast Point Brewing Company. Today we're going to have a sculpin. Last time I opened a sculpin on, on camera, it blew up on me. So, hi, you kidding. Cheers, everyone. Welcome to the show. Ah, so uh, every Tuesday and Thursday, we air live episodes of uh, the Kayak Fishing Show with commentary, uh, question and answer, all that with guests. We're not doing that today um, because we got some great stuff. I knew this was going to take longer than a few minutes, and I knew we we're going to want to talk about what's going on here. So uh, we're dedicating the whole hour to uh, Jackson Kayak minus a couple of minutes here at the beginning. So um, first off, uh, I want to say I've been talking about this product, uh, the Black Pack Pro. I can fit it in screen. Uh, this just arrived at my house uh, last night. And I've been looking forward to it. Great tackle storage um, option. I got it last night. I broke it out this morning. And it took me about an hour to put it together, mainly because A, I've only got one arm that works, and B, it is a lot of screws. But it was simple. Uh, it, it's a great product by Yaktac, as always. Uh, that one I've set up with four rod holders across the back, uh, the lid opening sideways, um, and so I'd be able to strap that down on the back of my Blue Sky. I got a second one, and that one I'll be setting up for my new boat or my Kraken. <laughs> so we've been teasing this for a while that uh, Jackson Kayak had some uh, exciting stuff coming up. And it just got introduced a couple days ago. I'm sure you've seen the post we put up about the NAR. And this has been a project that's been going on. These guys have been working so hard on it, had the input from all the guys in the Jack. Now, I can't say all the guys in the, the Jackson Kayak team, but a lot of the guys on the Jackson Kayak team. And um, just getting input. And, I mean, they put it through the ringer, a lot of testing, new boat, new drive, a lot of innovation, a lot of great stuff happening in Jackson Kayak. So, I wanted, like I said, I wanted to devote this entire show to talking about this new boat. You can kind of see it behind me. There's, oh, you can kind of see Jameson. Let's get that. Let me cover that up again. That could be me holding that fish. <laughs> uh, he is on the new NAR. Jameson has kind of been a driving force behind it. Oh, I can't say kind of. He has been the driving force behind this boat. You guys have seen Jameson on the show many times. I get no warning there. I'm just like mid-sip. Cheers, Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a fine Pilsner as usual. So a uh Miller Light. A Miller Light, that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> now, welcome to the show. Uh you've been grinding at this thing. I mean, how long has it been going on? Yeah, it seems like forever. I'm sure it's been uh in the works for a few years of us trying to get to the point where we could come out with a new a new boat and really revamp the whole entire process. So uh the boat itself has been well over a year and and then um you know just the process of how we even came to the boat and I think we should dig into that here in a little bit. Yeah, but, I really want to talk uh, about that about how yeah, this came that's, about that's and... such a big part of of how we were able to get here and 
And so, yeah, my, my role or what I did, if anything, was just try to help connect the dots, you know, from our team and their input and our dealers and their input and the consumers and their input and, and work with our great R&D team who hopefully have got their internet back up and running uh, because they were texting me that they were having problems there. Um, but we'll be introducing them and, um, and, the, and some of you guys probably know who they are already, but um, yeah, it's just been such a, a, a working, like how we came to this boat has been such a team and group effort from all the way from, you know, consumer input, dealer input, team input, uh, putting a team of people together on our team, which I'm going to name tonight, um, just because I think they, what they, the ideas they brought to the table is just what really made this. And you were, you were part of that group um, that we put together. And then the guys that hopefully have their internet back up and we're going to talk about. They are, I can see them over there. And, and from the top down at Jackson Kayak. Getting yeah, really. Yeah, just being do. able to enable us to, to do what we did and, and kind of reinvent how we come to a boat design for fishing is um, it's been amazing, man. It's been awesome. Yeah. Uh, and all of us have been chomping at the bit, just waiting to talk about this boat. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is, it is a pedal boat, you know, so everybody knows I'm a paddler, but I mean, I've got this, I just had shoulder surgery and, and the older I'm getting, the more I'm like, you know, pedals aren't that bad. And super excited, not only about the boat, but again, I mean, the redesign on the the flex drive, and we'll we'll talk about that too. But what I really want is for people to bring us questions. If you have questions about the boat, about the process, anything like that, we're going to get those in as well. If we don't answer them today during the show, we will come back and answer them later. Oh, I did want to mention, um, if, if I didn't before, on that Black Pack Pro, I put a link uh, in the comments. Uh, the Luther did a full step-by-step walkthrough instruction on how to put it together. And if you watch that, it really makes putting that thing together just boom. You just walk through the steps. It's simple. So I wanted to throw that out there really quick. Um, so, Jameson, I'm going to bring the JKRD because that's what they put at the bottom of your screen. I'm going to let you introduce the guys. Yeah. Let's uh, – there's one of them. I don't know why. They're probably on each side. You can pull me out. There you there we go. go. That works. We'll do it that way. So so on the screen, right-hand side, and I'll let him wave, is Tony, who is our hole shaping master. And the reason that our boats, I believe, perform uh, the way they do when you're paddling or pedaling, um, I feel like our hole shapes are really, really awesome when it comes to how they they do what we ask of them, whether it's big water, which is what the NARS is designed for, or a river boat, um, like we've had with the Cooses in the past and that kind of thing. So, and, and I, had the, Tony, I had the pleasure of working with Tony on the design Kraken. of the Kraken, and it was just an awesome experience for me. Yeah, there was uh, no bloodlet at all during that. <laughs> there was a little pushing back and forth, yeah, but no actual bloodshed, which no, is no bloodshed. I don't feel like I, we shed I, a lot of blood on the night. I flew out there because I thought I was going to have to shed some blood. And then I saw how big Tony was. And I'm like, well, yep. now we're going to have to compromise. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I was going to say, and, and, and Tony's wife also, does she still do the roller derby? Because that she's, she's scared. I think she could hurt a person. As well. She retired right uh, in 2019. Yeah. So, both between the two of them, you know, I we just, you know, I say things and then run. <laughs> but uh, yeah, smart. So then Brad, who uh, uh, is kind of over the the clown show here in in R and D. No, I'm just kidding. But Brad does a, a lot of a lot of things. I mean, you wear a lot of hats. 
Um, you do some stuff hands-on on the molds. He's doing a lot of the design work in CAD and um, just kind of all connecting the dots too from, from getting the concepts to, you know, going from a concept all the way through to purchasing and, and getting the parts in-house and kind of in charge, I guess, of that area there that they're sitting in. Uh, and then Nick, Nick's one of the newest, uh, not new by no means, but newest member of the, of the group, uh, as far as the R and D team goes and does a lot of the CAD design, uh, worked on a lot of the components. That's really what's uh, making the NAR set apart from a fishability standpoint, worked on the new steering system. A lot of the accessories, um, helped design those and take those across the finish line, really took the bull by the horns there. And also is getting more involved in the boat design process as well. Um, with Tony. So yeah, just a really great group that without them, we wouldn't have any of the boats that we have. Um, and they, and uh, especially not the NAR. And I think uh, I'm not overstepping saying that the NAR has probably been one of the most challenging boats that the team has uh, worked on as far as bringing all the components and all the new innovations and, you know, everything together um, to make the boat what it, what it is. I wasn't deeply entrenched in this. I mean, I was more of a, hey, let's throw some ideas out there. And I mean, you guys were there day to day. And I know, just like I said, working on the crack and how, how that can be. And what were, I guess, first off, what were the biggest challenges? Or I guess we'll start off with what was the idea of the, of the NAR? What, what, is the, what is this boat for? I'll let Tony answer to right, the whole. Yeah. Hey, Jim, uh, you just told me what it was for, and I just gave it to you. So well, and that's it, though. Uh, well, I'll speak to that. So, uh, and I'll bring this up real quick uh, because I want to talk to you. Know, Jim, you mentioned it. You were a part of it, but you were a big part of it. So when we started this, we kind of knew that we wanted to go down the path of building a boat that can handle big water. And when I say big water, I don't mean just offshore. Obviously, we wanted to be able to go through the breakers chase you know big fish and have a pedal drive boat that could do that and handle those conditions but also we were hearing a lot of our tournament anglers that were having to fish on days during a tournament you know the tournament happens even if the wind's blowing 30 40 miles an hour um if it's storming you know tournaments still go on and so we were hearing a lot about you know getting two three four foot wind chop you know on a lake and white caps and people you know flipping boats and just having to deal with those conditions to get to even to get to a protected shoreline to fish or whatever. And so we wanted to kind of uh, make a boat, I think that could handle everything a tournament angler, uh, uh, an offshore angler, you know, would deal with condition wise. And that was kind of the founding point. And I think always when we start with a boat design, we look at the waterways that makes the most sense. I think it can get lost sometimes when people are thinking about what kayak is the right kayak for them is to really think about where you're going to be fishing in that kayak before you start moving into the deck layout and all of that. So it's kind of the first standing point is where does this boat make sense? And once we knew that that is the direction we wanted to go, we wanted a boat that could, was a pedal drive boat that could handle big water. Um, we put the team together to start giving us input on the features that they would like to see in it. And that team consisted of offshore anglers like yourself, Jim, um, Bart Swab, who does it a lot. I do it quite a bit. James, our marketing director, has done quite a bit of offshore as well. And then also a bunch of our tournament guys, like um, we've got Chad Brock. Chris Funk doesn't fish tournaments, but Chris has just been around our company for so long and has a lot of insight into the industry. But then um, Dustin Nichols, who's a big tournament guy, and obviously, um, 
one of our team leads and a big part of Jackson, Jason Ricketts, another team lead and um, knows a lot about the industry. Gene Wilson, which if anybody knows anything about our team, you know, Gene Wilson catches big bass. So we got to have her input. Uh, Josh Stewart. I mean, he's killing it on the tournament scene. Joshua Evans, same thing, killing it. Justin Hauser, another team lead with a lot of insight. Matt Ball, who is over kind of our competition team. Uh, Nick Brown, been in the industry around Jackson for a long time. Richard Penny, another tournament guy and one of our sales uh, sales managers, territory sales managers. And Russell Johnson, um, who's another tournament angler that's been on our team for a very long time. So that's – I'm sure I'm probably missing someone, uh, but those were the core group of people that we really put together – to start putting pen to paper of what features need to be in this boat, what was missing on our other boats and other boats that are out there um, that are offered from, you know, other brands that we could do better. And one of the big things was, was the whole shape and that's the starting point. And that's where, you know, we kind of got together with Tony and the team there and, you know, outlined what this boat needed to do. Tony, what makes a good big water hull? What, what, what are you thinking about there? Dolphins. Dolphins. <laughs> what, what, you know, actually, um, it's a couple of things. Obviously, we still want as much stability as possible. However, stability in a calm situation is completely different than when you've got swells. Uh, yeah. if, if you're, especially if you're, you're running uh, perpendicular to a swell, uh, a wide boat is actually less stable. Uh, so it was a matter of really, first off, getting those, getting being able to compromise enough so that it works both ways. And all then, compromises. <laughs> it's all about compromising. Uh, and, and then after that, it, it really, you know, it's, uh, how it performs in uh, in more severe conditions. I mean, granted, just about any boat will be fine in flat water, you know, long and narrow, which is what I'm used to making, you know, a 19, 19 inch wide, 19 foot long race boat, you know, that, that's where it's at. However, you know, that doesn't really work for fishing. Um, so it, it So it's really once you start to get into conditions, what you have to do to uh, the hull to make it perform, uh, you know, windage, you, you, you have to really look at all of those factors and you're always picking, you know, when you do one thing, uh, you're, you're going to lose somewhere else. So it's always little by little just to hone it in to be something that that is all around uh, uh, can perform. Yeah, and if anybody isn't quite sure what he's talking about, if you're new to kayak fishing or kayaking in general, look up the differences between initial and secondary stability because a lot of people think these very stable initial stable boats are going to be really stable in big water where in fact they're just so wide and they've got such hard sides that once you get past the initial stability there's no secondary stability yeah. it, it, so, uh, yeah, uh, paddling per, paddling or pedaling perpendicular to the swell and as that boat as that boat comes here we go comes up like that on that swell, a big wide boat, you're going over. Right. Yeah. So I, I would speak to that though. I mean, this, uh, what you said, compromise, I, I would, I would call it, you, you found that sweet spot with it where it is still very stable, very easy to stand in. I mean, I I've stood in the boat 
sideways, you know, um, fishing, just turned around backwards, got stuff out of my, uh, my pack in the back. Like it's still very, very stable. However, when you take it offshore, you don't feel like it has that perfect mix or balance between the two and handles that rough water very well. And I've seen some comments, you know, I see, um, our friend from, from Canada there is, it says it's a very heavy boat and it is. Um, and that's where a lot of the fishing boats have went because of how much gear and especially the tournament anglers rigging them out with dual screens and power poles and all that stuff. Um, but how do you balance a boat that can handle all that gear and still be able to be nimble and go offshore and handle, you know, the rough water. And I think that's what you did really well with this, this design is we, we have tested it offshore in Panama and we have tested it in 30, 40 mile per hour winds fishing for bass with tons of gear on it. Um, and it performed in both scenarios very well. And I'm going to have one more question for Tony, particularly because this is still mainly hull kind of thing. Um, what do you look for in a hull uh, or where, where are you trying to go with the hull when it comes to launching and landing through the surf? Because they're sure. obviously very different animals going it, in and going it, out. It, it, it's... Uh, launching and landing. I mean, a lot of that, you know, is, is rocker uh, with your landing and rocker and, and the bow shed. You know, you want to be able to, you, you don't want to pencil in when you're surfing in. You, you want you want that bow to be able to start to shed the water. And as as it flares, uh, especially on the NAR, as it flares up, you know, when, when that hits the trough of the wave, it's going to lift up. So, so that's one of the big things, and and, and and rocker as far as that, and, and launching, uh, it's it's a balance in between piercing and lifting over the over the swell. Right, right. Um, you get too much pierce, and you're getting washed off the back of your boat. You definitely want that lift, um, and that's what was always so great about the past boats. And and um, I can see that that bow of that boat. Wait, where is it? There, there it is. <laughs> I'm actually looking through the photos too to see if I have a close up of it actually punching some waves. So, so I mean, it's people don't realize, you know, when they, when you're talking about the boat design, I mean, all this stuff has to come into play if you want it to be right. And uh, I know a lot of uh, guys spend a lot of time on um, the NAR in prototype and uh, again with the new drive and everything else. And, um, that's what I've been so excited about this. I've seen boats rushed to market <laughs> and um, this one has had so much testing and, and so many guys on it. Um, I'm surprised it has been kept as hush hush as it has, as many guys have been, been working on this. So it's super cool. Um, I'm getting attacked by Canadian geese. If you guys are wondering. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote something like that, like the Canadian talking to James and I'm like, damn Canadians. And I got, I got put in Facebook jail for typing damn Canadians for hate speech. <laughs> You're bad boy. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, go ahead, Jameson. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I think too, one of the things, and, and you may be moving this direction anyway, too, is like, we knew we wanted, if we were going to do a new pedal drive boat, we really wanted to take a look at a hard look at that. And I think um, that's kind of the next thing that happened with this boat and had to happen in conjunction with it. Right. 
So what are some of the uh, features that, that were really important to you, Jameson, or to the team, I should say? So got I think put into this boat. Yeah, some of the main ones uh, were we knew we wanted to improve the steering, and that's where Nick really took the bull by the horns uh, on that, and he can get into that and, and, and share a little bit about the what we did and the challenges there or how we were able to do that. Um, but as far as, like, radius goes, the other, other steering works, but we wanted to be able to make the boat turn. It's a long boat. Uh, so being able to increase that turning radius as much as possible and keep it to where you could steer from either side of the boat was, was a huge deal. It's a long boat. How long is it? 13 feet, nine inches. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, I say long boat. That's long for most fishing kayaks. I know that's not long for race boats or touring kayaks. No, but that's mean, a long yeah. fishing kayak for sure. Um, and then uh, the other things were uh, we wanted uh, kind of unlimited mounting options. So you didn't have to do a lot of drilling or adding, you know, different mounting options. And we wanted it to be able to be adaptable to accessories that already existed as well as accept new accessories that, that we were coming out with. So uh, I think uh, you guys all hatched the idea. I'm not sure which one would take credit for the tri-track idea. Um, but that's kind of where another thing came in was like, okay, I think Brad came and said, Hey, check out this tri-track. I was like, that's cool. Let's make it really long and then bend it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think that was like a big one, you know, when we were able to accomplish that. And there was a few moments where a little bit back and forth of, can we bend it? How long can it be? You know? And, um, but I think we ended up with a really cool, uh, product. It's, it's, I don't know if everyone even realizes yet how awesome that is because you have so many mounting options that you can do a, a lot of things in a, in a certain area of the boat, whether if you need to add rod holders or, you know, run some cable management, we've got some things coming down the pipeline for that. Um, as far as your electronics go, coming out with new accessories that actually can mount on the inside of the boat instead of the outside, like this, the rod rack that helps you manage your rods. And that's another big one in, in whole rod storage. So like on our, our big rig, we had uh, the rod storage, but it was kind of outside uh, the boat and these troughs, which made the cockpit seem small, even though the boat was a very large boat. This boat is actually not as wide as the big rig overall, but you have way more cockpit and deck space allowing you to bring those rods inside. So the internal rod storage was a huge one. A few others uh, that you'll notice is the bow. A lot of guys in tournament fishing are adding the bow mount, you know, remote control, GPS, spot lock style, trolling motors off right. the bow. Um, so being able to do that without having to have really any kind of aftermarket uh, accessory that you can just kind of access it. You got a flat spot up there. It, it, it works. It, it mounts really easy, but it doesn't affect the performance of the boat if you don't have it on there. So it's not something that's, you know, you're having to lose performance in offshore situations where you don't need that um, trolling motor. Uh, you still have all that. So that was big. Obviously, foot control steering, people are adding torpedoes even or even other kinds of motors uh, to their boats off the stern and still want their pedal drive and, and still want their steering to be left alone and add the foot control steering. So we some geometry was added to be able to run those steering lines. So that was That's another great. big one. Um, yeah, those are those are the main ones. Uh, battery storage, uh, the back hatch, uh, being being big enough to set a full size like hundred amp hour lithium battery down in there. If you're running the bow mount motor, that way you can have your battery stored in the hole, but offset that weight 
that you're going to add to the bow by putting it in the back, but also having a space. And I think Tony came up with this completely on his own um, was the space in front of the drive, like utilizing that space to be able to put a cooler or a battery there uh, as well, where the transducer is obviously a transducer scupper was a big one. Um, so yeah, those, those are the main ones uh, just making it really easy to rig out the way people are rigging their boats now, but also making it easy to take all that off the boat and keep it as clean as possible. If you're going to chase like really big fish offshore, um, you could have that clean deck. And one of the things I like about the, the having the track, like the tri track throughout is if you do need to, you get in a situation where you need to paddle the boat, you're too shallow um, to, to utilize the drive or whatever, or you got a lot of vegetation, you can simply slide things on the track without taking them off way out of your, your way and, and clear your paddle stroke. And I've been doing that, you know, when I'm chasing some of the spawning bass that we have right now that are up in the shallows and stuff. So how's um, it paddle? It, it, you know, it, it paddles well. I mean, it paddles, I think, you know, bigger, better than our big rig um, HD paddled. Uh, it's and Tony, you can speak to the, the whole shape there and why, but. Well, well, um, well, yeah, I mean, the, the big rig uh, by and large was, a platform yeah and, and that's 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 what that's what they wanted they wanted a platform for the the the, the larger the more portly if you will the, the, those 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 that uh those that have never paddled but uh, are uh full-grown humans uh, so, so that's what they got you know you know so yeah, something something that's just wide and not that long. It's only going to paddle so well. Yeah, um, it was a it was a dance floor. It was it was it was. And in fact, I had I had a family living on one uh, <laughs> at the lake. You know, and two stories. You know, they had the whole thing going. It was great. It was an Airbnb. Made a lot of money on it. <laughs> well, it was big and it was rigged. I think is the way I put it one time in one of the walkthroughs, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does it does paddle pretty well, and uh, I we had to cross. I fished it on Lake Gunnersville uh, a while back, and we had to cross a very large shallow flat that was, I mean, it was not more than probably nine inches deep or something like that. I mean, your paddle was touching the bottom every time you made a stroke, um, but I didn't hate it. At the end of the day, I wasn't like, oh man, that sucked paddling, you know. Um, so how shallow, how shallow could you get it into? It, it actually has a pretty shallow draft. I mean, we noticed that even with the drive down, uh, we were fishing in Texas on some grass flats, Dustin Nichols and Richard Penny and I. And, um, yeah, we were like, wow, this thing has actually got a pretty shallow draft for a pedal boat. I would say that it's the take two by far is our shallowest draft boat that I've been in. Um, but the NAR is it does pretty well in, in shallow water. Brad, what were some of the biggest challenges that uh, Jameson threw at you? I would say the team threw at him. I was just uh, the carrier. Uh, well, the, yeah. I was the messenger that got beat by Brad Jameson every time I brought a message you. to him. They wanted absolutely everything. Yeah. 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 The answer to your question is yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think I think every day I came in there with something new that we uh, as a team or group came up with and – yeah, you should ask Jameson for some of his conceptual drawings from yeah. the start. Uh, those are the greatest. I see that James is watching, and I think James's conceptual drawings are a notch below mine. Just I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know, like the tri track when it was dreamt up, it was 
it was not intended to be in six foot long sections and bent and installed on a bus. So that was a little originally little, 24 inches. <laughs> that was a little 24 head. inches groove. That was a head scratcher, but we managed and uh the steering, yeah, the steering. Like we dreamt up the steering on our own. Um one afternoon it started out on a piece of plywood with some cams and turned into what you see now. <laughs> but uh and it, it it took some strange turns during the time. Yeah, yeah. 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 we got a, yeah. got a bucket some scary <laughs> turns. <laughs> I get a bucket of all the different revisions back in my office right now. It's pretty hefty. So yeah, we bought a three D printer a couple years ago and we have uh we burned it up the last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about the steering. What what's new and improved? What what makes it better than we had? Because I'm not gonna lie. I mean, on the uh, the Kusa FD I had, I was not a fan of the steering on those boats. So where has it gone from there? I'll speak to it briefly, and then I'll let Nick take over. But I mean, I, to me, it's it's a bit more intuitive because um, I mean. What, you know, traditionally, if you want to turn left, you're gonna you're gonna rotate left. So that's that's what you have now. And um, and like Tony mentioned, it took a lot of, of pretty obscure turns through the design process and ended up where we are. But I think what we have now is is really robust. It's it's totally functional. It's it's intuitive. It's um and it does it turns a lot tighter radius for you, but. Um, it's clean because right? uh, but we, we we've been able to increase the throw which was big which yeah, was yeah. real big right and um you know i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and lie and say we didn't take a look at what the competition's doing because we did i mean i think that's what every good manufacturer is going to end up doing at some point um, smart yeah and and nobody <laughs> man nobody's nailing it right so we, we kind of took some stuff out of their playbook and 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 massaged it in their own style and, and 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 what you see is what you get now and i think it's uh it's pretty slow I, I think what one, one of my happiest moments was watching youtube cry <laughs> when i came back when i came back from coast and said you guys you know what you know and oh, the wind so, was out of the cells it was i could have retired right there well, yeah that's cool so I'll speak. I'll speak to that too. What you mentioned there. I mean, uh, there's a lot of things about this boat that I think people will say, like, "Oh, you guys looked at other boats." And of course, we looked at other boats. Other boat manufacturers have looked at us. I mean, we did a lot of things first um, that now you see, like power pole. We're the first kayak manufacturer to ever put a power pole mount on the back of a of a boat, and now everybody does that. And the same thing with the high low seating and some a lot of features that we've come up with over the years. Um, but I, I, I think if you really look at this boat, you'll see that we made it Jackson and it's, it's innovative. And we, and we didn't just, we didn't just copy what other people were doing. Um, we looked at what they were doing and some of the things they do are really well. And some of the things, you know, we felt like we could do better or we could, you know, put that Jackson spin on it and make it work for, for what our, uh, our team and our group, um, were asking for. And I think you guys did a really great job of, of accomplishing that, um, I know, Brad, you said you might have to, to leave a little early. I don't know if you're good to stick around, but I know there's a lot of questions about the FD. So um, before you take off, if you can talk about that process, because that's a big part of this boat, right? I mean, it uh, was a huge thing that had to happen for us to do this boat. Well, that, that's what we want. We wanted this new boat 
with the new drive. And yeah. that was it. That was a, that was one of the whole things about the boat. And I don't remember if uh, you know at one point we were just going to take a holistic look at our old drive and try to find all the failure modes or the potential issues and, and put corrective action in, in motion to fix that stuff, to revamp the old drive system. And at some point we looked at it and we're like, we're just going to redo this whole shebang, man. We're going we're gonna to ground up. And, uh, and that was the path we chose. And, and a year and a half later, we're actually shipping boats. And what was that process? I mean, the, I mean, the first process, man, was finding someone that's smarter than me. Yeah, <laughs> we went through quite a few there. Uh, well, well we, found, we, we found quite a few that weren't as smart as us. We identified those yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's why we now have a new drive. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, you, you never want to be the smartest guy in the room, and, and, and we had to find someone that could fill that role. And we found a gentleman in Montana named Rich Adams. Yeah, shout out to Rich. And, sure uh, and uh, he's incredible. He's an incredible engineer that's worked in the bike industry for 20 plus years. He's designed stuff for Schwinn, uh, specialized track, you know, keep going. But uh, I mean, he, when he looked, when he, you know, he was the guy that we were talking about just revamping our old system, right? But then after some time and thought, we, you know, he was like, and you, you guys realize this pedal technology is, is already relevant in there. So that's what started the process. And then we started going down that path and, and, and Rich whipped up, you know, a design pretty quickly and we were on the water testing, you know, in three months. So talk about, I mean, I'm, I'm taking Jim's show from him. No, so Jim, yeah, wanna... I, no, and this is a free-for-all. It's a free-for-all. <laughs> yeah, it is a free-for-all, but I, I think that I'm seeing, que- I'm like fielding questions is the reason I'm asking these questions and I know the answers, but I want you guys to, to, to speak to them. Um, I'm excited. I'm reading James as our marketing director, my fearless leader. I guess you'd say my boss. Um, but he's very thankful. He says, uh, uh, that this is what it's all about. And, um, uh, but people are asking about the belt and stuff. So, um, I think it'd be cool to just dive into a little bit about what is going on with the drive, uh, that makes it different and unique, um, uh, and just way smoother, more durable. I mean, obviously we have videos out there that say all this, but, um, yeah, people are asking. Well, and, and just, I mean, I'll throw in, I mean, I've worked with, uh, Wes Siegler, Siegler reels for a long time. He actually suggested a belt drive a long time ago for this. Um, and <laughs> our, our, our hands were tied. I, I, I know. But yeah. what I'm saying is, is his philosophy in uh, designing a fishing reel is always make it simpler, you know, because you're going to have less points of failure. And sometimes it's harder to engineer something to make it simpler. But once you do, it's so much better. And, and I, and again, I have not had my hands on this do drive, but just looking at it from everything I've he- I hear, that's kind of what's going on here. We've removed stuff to make this a simpler system, but much more efficient. Oh yeah. Yeah. We killed a lot of the gearing in there. That's for sure. And uh, replace that with a, a belt drive to an output cartridge and gear system. So I think we took the, the maintenance part of it to a, to a very minimum so it's uh it's exciting. There's a, I think it makes it a lot easier on a manufacturing level as well. It does. So somebody yeah somebody actually asked is is if the belt failed is it replaceable? It is replaceable, yes. yeah. But uh, I mean, it's a tried and true. I mean, this takes yeah. I, I mean, you know, time, it's so. it's the same type of belt that's that's you know that's on an engine. 
you know, and, and if we can find somebody with with, uh, with quads <laughs> that, that belt fell. Yeah. Put in those RPMs. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think putting it this way, people have asked me, I've gotten calls and we, we talk about it in the walkthrough videos some, but I have gotten calls asking, you know, what are the differences in the lower? What are the differences in the upper? Well, the upper is completely different. I mean, it's a, uh, and I'll just touch on it real quick, but it's a, I think it's a Gates belt, right? Is that right, Brad? Um, so it's a, it's a, a Kevlar and that's reinforced. For how long now? So I mean, it's tried and true. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is a belt that's, that's been around. We didn't invent this, uh, Will, as, uh, as Richard. I got trees falling behind me now. <laughs> this is bad. Like I may not make it through this video. We got geese attacking, trees falling. Anyway, infestation. Um, yeah, I don't know what's happening. Um, so, so yeah, the belt and the crank arms and and all that stuff we we took from the biking industry and it's been around forever. The the gears that we were able to reduce the gears by fifty percent, but the gears that are left are sealed in an oil bath where before we had a, a grease that you had to add to the to the drive and. Um, so being in an oil bath, they're just way smoother and all these things allowed you to have a lot more efficiency in the pedal. So I know when we were testing, one of the things we noticed is how much more power we could put into the, to the drive, because it felt like you weren't doing anything. I mean, it felt too easy. Um, so we were actually able to increase the pitch of the prop quite a bit, um, and gain more speed out of it because of how easy it became to pedal versus, uh, what our old drive was. And by doing that, we had to also kind of upgrade the lower and go to a larger diameter um, drive, flexible drive shaft. Um, and there's probably a few other things that happen there uh, you, you guys can touch on. Um, but the shaft diameter was, was based upon like all the gear that guys are putting on boats out there, you know. So we saw from the blue sky to the NARD, you know, all the electronics, the batteries, everything else. It was just a no brainer to. Uh, beef up the shaft so it could take on that uh, heavier load. Yeah. And then just the torque that you're able to actually put into it with this new drive. I see uh, Sean Russell's asking in perfect conditions, what is a comfortable cruising speed? So I would like to say that I've had it in perfect conditions, but about everywhere I go, <laughs> apparently it is me and not Jim. I always used to think it was Jim because every time we would go on a shoot with Jim, the weather would turn to crap. Maybe it's cameras. I don't know, but uh, we've been able to easily make, I mean, I'm talking really easy, like walk in the park, uh, over three and a half miles per hour to about 3.7 miles per hour. That was with me having a power pole, my Lowrance unit, batteries, uh, all my rods and tackle, um, pretty, pretty easily maintain that speed. I've hit speeds over five miles an hour without killing myself. Um, but yeah, in that, in that three and a half to four range, depending on how you are and what kind of shape you're in but it's a pretty comfortable very easy pace that i'm not i don't feel tired at all at the end of the day which is i think very impressive for a boat this size and for comparison we compared it on the kusa fd old drive side by side with the new drive and we were getting roughly about a half a mile per hour increase in speed uh, with the new drive at a very comfortable uh, cadence uh, so it, it is it is faster um and i think you can you know see speeds of of you know upper upper threes pretty pretty easy which is at, like I said, at a cru cruising speed yeah and and uh so the other day we were out on the lake and richard p had a 55 pound thrust minkota trolling motor on the bow of his 
uh, blue sky and we were just cruising along and leaving him like he couldn't keep up with us with his motor. So I thought that was pretty impressive. And he, and he was like, man, I can't even, you guys are just like walking off and just chatting away. Like you're not doing anything. And here I am with my motor and I can't keep up. So I thought that was pretty cool. Did I see something that because of the, the new drive, we're actually able to uh, put a little bit more aggressive prop on it. Yeah, we, we increased the pitch of the prop um, by a couple of stops, really, or a couple inches. Um, it was a ten, it was a ten yeah. inch pitch prop. Now we're at fourteen. Right? Oh, so four inches, so pretty significant increase in pitch. Yeah. Um, and it also one thing I will say: there's some questions about whether you can retrofit. You, you can't. Yeah, all they're... our new, all our new flex drive models, including Blue Sky, will be the new drive system. So 2022 flex drives across the board will be the new Mark IV. When we get to a point, our plan where we can actually get enough drives to uh, fulfill all the orders that we have in place, the plan is to have enough stock to be able to sell the drive uh, as, a, as a retrofitable upgrade to people's existing FD boats. Now, you'll need the upper and the lower because, like I said, we have made changes to the lower be able to take the torque and, and the upper but also because we reduced the gearing uh the prop now spins the opposite direction uh so you really need the the lower as well because we reversed the drive shaft and it's got a different prop and it's a heavier duty drive shaft so there's a lot of things going on there improvements going on there um that you'll need so, both upper and lower yeah so you need both uh, they're not backwards compatible that way but they are backwards compatible in the geometry and how they're going to fit into the boat, correct? Right. So if somebody does want to upgrade and they have an older FD, whatever, um, CUSA, whatever, uh, they're going to be able to drop this new drive into it. Correct. When we get stock levels to the place that, that we can afford to let a few go, <laughs> uh, we'll be selling that. And I don't have any information other than that is the plan. And, and hopefully by... Um, late summer or so we'll be moving more into that direction so i also saw that we eliminated some human error by uh shipping the upper with the pedals attached yes yeah, oh, you right. mean consumer yeah. error <laughs> consumer error you, know, you get that thing and act you know you're not sure what's going on in accident it's, it's pretty easy to accidentally put one on the wrong side and uh well yeah. and also torquing one down like uh it's uh that's the biggest you worry that you're going to break something you put so much torque on it and that's where you really needed to be um but yeah so now it's kind of it's plug and play you're ready to go um with a lot less assembly required jt hickman says who is your fat guy tester i have to sell this on a fisher sizing machine <laughs> i don't know i would say we're all pretty good sized gentlemen um i'm, I'm 220 myself I'm we've right had there. some guys. I'm not going to mention any names, but we've had some 280 uh, plus guys in it, uh, and we've loaded it with. Uh, we we've actually put a bow mount on it, put a 100 amp hour battery in the back, put Lawrence units on it, a power pole, fishing equipment, and myself. Yeah, I guess it. that brings up a question: What is the listed capacity? So it's debatable, um, but the capacity <laughs> is 475. Now there's a difference in performing. Uh, performance and actual capacity, right? Like the boat, you could put hundreds and hundreds of pounds on this boat and it's not going to sink. Um, but if you wanted to like just really take off and, and go crazy, I mean, the less weight you put in it, the better, obviously. But um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is it's debatable. I think some brands include the whole 
of their boat and their capacities. We don't typically also, um, you know, there's, there's other factors there where what, what is the line of performance? Like where does it stop performing really, really well or what it was intended to perform? Right. Um, and Tony can speak to that a lot better than I can, um, you know, but that is a number that has no real judge when it comes to across the board uh, with manufacturers. Uh, it's all over the place, but 475 is, is where we're at there. Adios. Thank you, Brett. Thank you so much. Thanks right. for joining us, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Sure, um, yeah and, and again, and that is a, a very good point is, is some companies will list their capacity literally at, you know, what's our sinking point uh, versus what is your loss of performance capacity. And again, that's kind of a fine line too. Hell, just being able to trim a seat will change your, your performance and people don't understand that either. And that's one of the cool things that um, we've had on our boat since the Kraken was the adjustable trim, um, being able to get that bow down or bow up based on whether you got the live bait tank behind you, whether you've got a fish bag in front of you, whatever it is. Does the NAR, ha the NAR has adjustable trim also, correct? It, it does, but it's, it's, you got to set it for your, your foot length. So you're kind of locked oh, in right, a right, right. because of the pedal drive. <laughs> However, that's why we did things like add the, the battery storage in the stern so that and in the bow. And thank you, Tony, for for that little addition. I, uh, we would have missed that. But having the ability to adjust the things you're putting on the boat, uh, like a battery that's going to weigh quite a bit. If you're doing a, a stern mounted motor, you can move the battery uh, to the bow. If you're doing a bow mounted motor, you move it to the behind the seat and then you can kind of help adjust for that and level the boat back out. And it makes a huge difference. You're right. I mean, it's. Massive. And it, it does have the high-low seating. It does have the high-low high seating. Um, and it's the new easy high-low seating. So it's really simple. There's no pins or anything like that. You just kind of lift the front of the seat with no weight in it, and it'll slide up and down on the on the sliders. Uh, Nick and Tony, you guys, you guys actually went to the Coast Guard testing facility. Like maybe you could share a little bit about – did you guys go – quite an education there and it, it definitely was an eye-opener on how not just ourselves but other people rate their max weight capacities you know i think there's a lot of a guessing game in the market but, well not only guessing game but a, a lot of game plan right. essentially exactly. and a lot of it is you come to find out it's all about the gunnel height right exactly yeah. with that water intrusion but we got quite an education on that and we've been pushing that forward on all the designs so, it's uh, always at the forefront. We're scratching this thing out in the beginning. But, uh, yeah, that was a real eye-opener and uh, good education from those guys up in Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> so I see a question, Jim. It says, will the E-Drive work on right. the new drive? And I figured that would come up. And it, w it won't. And the reason it will not is because of that reversed. Because we reduced the gearing in the drive, the, the lower is now engineered to spin the opposite direction along with the prop. So the E-Drive will no longer work with uh, the new boats. So the you e just put it on there and go in reverse? Yeah. You could go in reverse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you could, you could potentially do that. I'm not. I'm not. But the yeah. E-Drive actually has reverse on it, correct? It does have reverse on it. I don't remember if it, and I should actually check that. I don't remember if it's as fast in reverse as it is in. I don't remember forward. either. And, I, and I, I've used that thing a few times. I don't really remember. Yeah. Um, but officially, <laughs> no, the E-Drive and the new drive is is not compatible. However, uh, I will say that, you know, I have no 
nothing to give you there, but you know, we, we're always looking at, at uh, ways to make cool stuff at Jackson. So I'll leave it at that. Speaking go. of cool stuff, you got some uh, cool accessories um, that are yeah, I, coming with this the boat. Is a, a lot of uh, a lot of this uh, we have Nick to thank for um, as well, and and uh, so this is one that is going to come with the boat, and we're going to make available to to be able to Jameson, mount. It and I'm going to give I'm going to give you the whole screen so you can show it okay. a little bit better. Sounds good. Um, so yeah, this is the rod rack, and uh, uh, basically this uh, rod stager. Um, now I'm blanking on what our official name is, but you guys can look that up. I say it in the live <laughs> video. I should remember it, but I don't. And I've also had a couple of Millers at this point. Uh, so I'm going to blame those. Uh, but yeah, this was something that uh, we went back and forth on. We knew we, we wanted to accomplish, but we wanted to do a, a few things different to make it kind of compatible across some of our other uh, boats in the in the line. Uh, so tip, you have a way to bungee up and over all the, uh, the rods here. Uh, so that's pretty simple and pretty straightforward. Uh, but the way it connected to the boat is what um, is different. And that's going to be something you'll start to see in a lot of our, I'm going to try to get this centered here, um, but we call this the quick clip. So basically you can set this on your track with the T-bolts and then any of the accessories that utilize this, you basically can pull this tab here and release them from the boat without having to take the T-bolts off. So this would stay mounted to the boat. And this can go, sorry, this can go up and, and uh, off the boat. So if you want to pull these off and, or you'll see in a minute why that's really important for the other accessory that I'll share. Um, but also this is adjustable up and down. So you see this track in the back, you can adjust this mount up and down to put it where you want it. So if your gunnel height, for example, on another boat is not as deep as it is on the NAR, or if you're trying to say store a fly rod and you want that fly rod to be able to come up and over uh, the tri-track that's behind the seat in the NAR, and then the reel and stuff can hang out in the tank well, uh, you're able to raise this up to be able to clear that space and, and mount a fly rod and still utilize those rod tip, uh, tubes in the, in the bow of the boat. That was the other thing. The rod tubes in the bow are a three-rod tube, and what we had in the big rig was two, so we had to come up with a way to do that, and they did a really great job of keeping that super clean. So uh, nothing to catch like your, your guides as it goes in and out, there's not a step between the, the face plate and the tube that attaches to it. It's a, it's a clean flush mount there. Um, but this is a really cool um, part that and it also with the tri-track and because we have tri-track, this can be mounted um, this way as well. Uh, if guys want to stage their rods kind of laying up on top it could be mounted on the inside or it could even be mounted um, facing out a little bit to give you more space inside the boat so a lot of cool things you can do with that using the the way it connects to the boat um the big one and the one that has Real been quick both, both rod tubes on both sides right yes there's six total rod tubes three on each side you get two of these uh with the boat uh, Maybe as we side. get to the end of this, Jameson, we can go through some photos that show more of the uh, details of the boat. Yeah, and I'm going to show – actually, this is when I'll probably need to stop sharing the screen I was sharing um, and share another window to show the box because we call this the JK Multibox. And let me know when you've got that pulled up on the there screen. There it is. All right, so this has been one of the bigger challenges, and Nick can speak to it a little bit, um, but I'll go quickly through some of the features, and then Nick can speak to all the things Why, here. why it was a pain? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a lot of it was just manufacturing, getting it done. Um, right now, it, 
COVID has made things very difficult uh, to get things uh, done quickly. And, and also this box presented a lot of challenges and, and a lot of features that we wanted it to have. But real quick, you can see, obviously, it fits uh, two 3,700 tackle boxes. There's a bungee that can come up and go around it. Uh, but tool storage, I've got uh, an O-ring, uh, wacky rig tool stored there. Uh, a set of, of pliers fits really nice. You've got some places you can tether things to. You can hang your baits. Uh, if you're changing baits out frequently on the water. Um, some other things just to show the sizing of the box here. This is uh, The box does come with the lid. I'll show that in a second. The lid is removable, and that's a big thing. So if you're doing 3,700 tackle boxes, simply take the lid off, and you just use it to store those. Uh, if you want to use it to store kind of just whatever, um, it gives you a lid so you can keep things from getting lost uh, while you're out on the water. And uh, But it fits, you know, spools align really well. You can do two rows of soft plastics, um, so you can fit quite a quite a bit of soft plastics in there, actually. Um, here's a, a front view of how the bungee comes up and over um, for your tackle boxes if you want to go that route. Uh, I had the lid still on it because I was just showing the different ways to configure it. Um, but here it is with the lid closed. So you have, uh, if you, if you want to use it as more of a junk drawer, which is how I use mine, just throwing things like my keys, baits that I've taken off throughout the day, um, different tools and whatnot, my wallet, that kind of stuff. Uh, it goes in and you've got a couple of places here that are secured um, with bungee and tucked in really nice and cleanly. This is mounted. I'm going to stop sharing my screen. Go back to if I can get this closed out here. Um, yeah, I'm going to go back to showing the actual box. So on each side, you've got two of those quick clip connects like I showed you on the back of the rod rack. And they're adjustable height wise as well. So the cool thing about that is you can move this around really anywhere on the boat because um, we have so much. There's like over 12 feet of tri-track on this boat. So um, it can be mounted anywhere on that, but also <laughs> even behind the, the seat position, you can use that as an area to mount it. Um, and we're working on some ways to make this adaptable to a lot of our other boats. So being able to adjust the height, dial in where this sits on the boat, and once you have these quick clips mounted to the boat where you want them, uh, they can stay in place and you can remove the boat by reaching in behind it and just uh, pushing the tab to release it. So you could actually pull this off and, you know, take it in and clean your stuff up at the end of the day without having to take a bunch of T-bolts and loosen them and pull them off the boat. Um, so so this, this was made for the NAR. Is this an accessory that can be purchased separately? Yeah, everything that we kind of made uh, for the NAR, it was meant to be ad uh, adaptable to other boats. Um, we may have to work on a few adapters here and there to make that work, but the idea was to make it work through the line. They do come with the NAR, though. Nick, speak to some of the challenges that we threw at you with the with the box, because that was kind of your baby, man. You, you worked on that one. Probably, I think the biggest thing is, obviously, James and I thought big and had big dreams for things, but, you know, the reality comes into play of, like, manufacturability for injection molding. So I think that was probably one of the bigger challenges for that. And the, uh, one of the biggest goals, too, is make it make sense. Like, you know, every hole, every feature on there, where the bungee is, all that is just, trying to think through exactly what, you know, a fisherman would need while he's out there on the water. So it was, yeah, uh, yeah that's uh, just to give you an idea. That's probably revision number six. So right. <laughs> <laughs> where it first started, but uh, well, it's another that, one of those. Is it overringed or anything? I'm it, sorry. 
Is it O-ringed? Is it water? Is it just kind of like splash no. resistant? No, just no, just splash resistant. That okay. didn't make it watertight. Uh, given the, the slides, the open areas on the back for the adjustability going up and down. Oh, right, right, right. So, uh, but yeah, there's some there's some drain holes in there too uh, at the base. So if you need water there, it shouldn't collect. It's got a okay. small kind of gunnel running the inside of the rim of the box. So um, yeah, so we were really happy with it when it finally came out, but definitely a lot of blood, sweat, and tears associated with that thing. That's for sure. Yeah. And I see a couple of questions and you can answer, answer this guys. Cause you, you know, um, I mean, I'm pretty confident about it cause I know we have gaskets, but uh, asking about the rod tubes, are they completely sealed, um, you know, as they go in the boat? So how, how does that process look and work? It, it's a closed system and we're using gaskets instead of silicone now. Right. Right. Yeah. That and what about a... the ends of the rod tubes, the, the caps they're, they're sealed so and glued on? Those are sealed and glued onto it, so that's a closed system. The uh, faceplate itself, we wanted to uh, make sure when the rod tubes connected to those faceplates, you didn't have that annoying little rib inside there that your your eyelets might get you know hooked on from your rod. So we wanted to uh, make that real compatible with smooth flow, so there wasn't any hiccups and storm rods in there. Um, but yeah, it's it's all sealed off. So so yeah. because because we can change the height of the rear end of the rod holder. Mm -hmm. uh, does that mean, I mean, I'm gonna be able to have a pretty good variety of length of rods I'll be able to work with? That's right. Yeah, so I, I don't remember the the length off the top of my head from the, from the I don't wanna call it the Thor, Tony, you can correct me, but what the, no, the wall can, behind the seat. You can <laughs> call it whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the place behind the seat that would prevent you know the separates the tank well from the the deck area or the seat area um i don't know i don't remember off the top of my head what if you put a rod butt up against that and ran it all the way to the tip of the rod to what that length is but because you can raise them up slightly you can actually put nine foot you know fly rods or even longer really um and just let the reel hang over the top of that into the tank well, sort of like we used to do on the Mayfly and, and that kind of thing. Um, and, and that would allow it. Plus, you have tri-track back there. So if you wanted to move this, if you were putting longer rods, you could put this behind that in the back um, on the tri-track inside the tank well and still run your rods all the way. But I put um, eight-foot rods in there so far without having to even uh, let them hang over into the tank well. Um, but yeah, it, it handles a pretty, pretty long, long rods for sure. And then I saw a question. Yeah. yeah Ricky says with the rod tubes full, will the box still be able to be used on that side rail? Yeah. So I was playing with that myself. Um, like I said, there's plenty of places. I do think if you're planning on getting the rods in and out on that particular side, while you're on the water, obviously this box will kind of create a little bit of a challenge there. You can totally still store a couple of rods under this box with it raised all the way to the top. But the cool thing is, again, it's tri-track. So you could potentially, or essentially whatever, um, take this box and hang it on the outside of the tri-track. So you could raise it up, have it on the outside. Now you'd have to reach over to open the lid and get to it from the outside versus you know having it on the inside of the boat. Um, but there's just a lot of options of where you can move it around and, and, and everybody's going to find their sweet spot of where they want to put it. Um, I, I am actually mounting it behind my seat on that tri-track that crosses behind the seat and it makes it pretty easy to get to and, and I can and access my stuff and keep the deck 
very, very clean up front. Um, yes. But you can that's, fit that's rods That's what under. I'm thinking too. Yeah, you can fit rods under it. And the other thing I did is I know you talked about the black pack that just came out. I actually mounted a piece of track on the side of the black pack and, and used our quick connects and mounted this uh, to the oh, side nice. of the black pack. So what I'm going to be doing, and when we have these available as an accessory, I'll be picking up a few extra quick clips, putting them on different boats, putting them on my black pack, and that way I can move this box around uh, to wherever I need it as far as you know, not having it locked into one place or another. Available when? It's a box <laughs> on a box. <laughs> yeah, with multiple functions. Um, cool about and I bet, I bet there's more boxes inside of it. Yeah, yeah there's definitely going to be boxes inside of it. So someone, uh, you said when is it going to be available? It ships with the NAR right now. And uh, I don't have timing yet when this will be available uh, for purchase individually, but we are working towards that very quickly. But right now, all ask, all of our, uh, every part and piece that we get in is spoken for because of how many uh, orders we have for current boats. So it's very hard to say when we'll have extras to sell as accessories, but we are moving towards that as quickly as we can. JT had a good idea, mounting to the gear track on the side of an Orion. There you go. Yeah, that would there totally you go. work. There you go. I like that. Um, what do we have to we give got? JT a royalty for that now, or is that right? <laughs> you didn't you didn't say anything? You should have you should have sent us a contract first. I know there were other questions, but they were scrolling by so fast earlier that I didn't see any. Um, well, I, I know it has come up um, in other conversations. Price, how much? How much how much is the NAR going to set can, me back? Can you really put a price tag on, <laughs> on fun? Perfection? I mean, look at look behind you at that giant. Well, you actually, if you look behind you, you're just going to see a green screen. But the rest of us see this beautiful fish that I'm holding. I mean, okay, I'll get to the price. It comes 40, with one. It, yeah, it comes with a free rooster fish, yeah. Uh, $41.99 is the price point uh, in and I think with when you look at all the features, it really is. Um, we tried to price it as competitive and as well as we could. So that's where it's at, forty one ninety nine. Yeah, and and anybody who's questioning that, <laughs> I mean, I've been around a long time, so I remember back in the day trying to get the kayaks to five hundred dollar retail was like we were just killing ourselves trying to get the retail to over five hundred dollars. Obviously, that price has gone up a lot. This price compared to the competition is right in line the weight is right in line with all those boats of this genre of this we we feel we're and, we're slightly lighter than a few that are out there and we're slightly less expensive than a few that are out there and we feel like that we really did a great job uh, i mean tony did a great job with the the whole design and nick did a great job and brad did a great job with all the parts and pieces and bringing it all together in our team i mean I mean, we have an awesome team. We all know that, but they did a great job bringing things to the table of like what they needed the boat to do that other boats didn't do. And uh, I think that when you put all that together, like it's right where it, where it needs to be. I will say that it was under 4,000 uh, before COVID inflation or whatever you want to call what we're dealing with right now. Supply um, chain issues. Yeah. Supply chain issues. All those things that, we're dealing with in the world right now have made this boat creep up in price over where it would have been a year ago. Uh, that's, I, that's across the board. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think what people don't realize right now we're working with our resin 
that we use to grow to mold the boats, it's a live price now. I mean, it's not a set price. It's a live price. It, it's higher every time, every time we order. It's like when you go to a restaurant and you want to order the lobster, but it says market price. And you're like, what is, what is market price? <laughs> And, and, and that, that's 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 the same with a lot of our aluminum products too. I mean, it it is it, it's insane. But it I makes agree. it a lot cheaper when you bend it and put twelve feet of it on a boat. That's what I hear. <laughs> Jonathan Lee says that's fifty uh, fifty four uh, Canadian, which that's just monopoly. Um, <laughs> seems right in line with the competition. Canadian money's not even real money. I can't understand why Facebook would just, you know, pull your comments down. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. I have too many Canadian friends that we just go back and forth. I know, but yeah, that's right. That's what people don't know is that, you know, we deal with Canadians. And Jameson was trying to make sure that I wasn't the one. (laughs) I love Canada. I I love Canada. So uh, everybody knows that, but uh, it's the Canadians I can do without. No. Uh, this is a great question uh what was the best cart you can use to get to the water that will be a challenge for this old man (laughs) this old man too yeah so you know there's a lot of carts out there and uh i probably will get fired for this but um honestly one of our competitors has a cart system in their accessory line that works really well right now but uh i saw the catch the catch cart um, works really well. You can also mount the uh, boondocks cart to it. A lot of guys will do that, and it just lives on the the kayak. Um, you can do that. Uh, so there's a lot there's a lot of uh, of carts on the market that that I've used so far that work. I mean, all of them really. Um, any of them that are rated for the bigger boats um, are going to work for you. And uh, um, yeah, there's I think uh, several carts that I know of that might be coming out on the market eventually. So we'll see what happens with those, but. Yeah, I would say right uh, now the catch one works really well. Obviously, uh, you know, boats this size, and this was, you know, Andrew Watson uh, saying probably use a trailer. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that works I, really well. It gets, I, it's faster, so you can just back down to the boat ramp. You don't have to like just back phone. down and hit the brakes and just <laughs> yeah. send That's it exactly. out. Exactly. Exactly. Um, right. Truck beds with the bed extender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've car topped it, believe it or not. I have pictures. Um, yeah. I don't know if I could, if I have one pulled sure, up or not, but I have put it on the roof rack of my truck. Of course, you're not saying that that's a wise move. No. But I did it by myself and drove for like 14 hours. With yeah, like this this shoulder is not lifting anything onto a roof of a vehicle anymore. So I have it's, a trailer, and it's all about since I got the trailer. You know the reason I love having a trailer because being a saltwater guy. I rusted out so many vehicles by putting them on top that a a trailer is much cheaper to replace than a new truck. So it's kind of, that's probably my biggest reason for having a trailer initially. And now it's just because I can't lift them up that high anymore. (laughs) Uh, Scott, Scott says he wants to see someone car tip top it. So you have to break out a picture of that. uh, Jameson. All right. Let me see if I, (laughs) <laughs> just pull it up on my phone because I did it. I did it to see if I could do it because I do the take two all the time. I put it on the top of my truck and it's 110 pounds with nothing on it. Um, so, Here you go. Uh, our good friend, Chris Funk, can instruct you on how to use a lift assist rack to get Chris, one on Chris top of can car top until it knocks you in the head. <laughs> <laughs> 
I watched uh, him pick a big rig up over his head and put it on the top of a car, and that was pretty impressive. He's so, more man than me. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so, Jim, what is it? Yeah, this is off topic, but old guys need to know what 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 happened to your shoulder. I I got old. Um, been paddling for over thirty years, surfing forever, and uh, it just wore out my rotator, and so I had surgery five weeks ago, oh. six weeks ago. So I had rotator cuff and bone spurs removed. Oh, I, 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 yeah, that. I had a shoulder replacement. Yeah, oh. I, I've had five shoulder surgeries. Yeah. It's I, a, I have a tendency oh. to get bone spurs. Oh, and it just wears a hole through them. So. Yeah, so I'm I'm in that just now. Uh, I took I was able to take my sling off for the first time just a few days ago, and so I'm I'm feeling good not having a sling on, but I'm I'm not supposed to lift anything heavier. There you go. <laughs> Those get lighter as you go. Yeah, go on. Mine, this <laughs> so one's the- like. So, like Jameson, for those that have good shoulders, you had that picture. Did you put it up there? That's there. what I got. That's it. That's the gnar on top of my truck with the drive still in it. So. In the seat. I think helping him lift that thing on there when he left from here is probably why I've got sh- surgery scheduled. No, you didn't do that. I did that one. <laughs> so the trick to it is to get the bow up there and then pick the stern up and put it on there. And a lot of times, right. and, and Jim can attest to this, there's not that you haven't helped me many times and, uh, and you have a bad shoulder as well, uh, Nick. So I'm sorry for making that worse, but um, the trick to, to, sometimes it's like almost better to develop a system of how you load your boat and then tell other people to not help. Because a lot of times if they don't know how to help, like you did, Nick, you knew how to help. I'm saying you knew how to help others don't. And you end up with like no mirror on the side of your truck or, you know, something because, because you end up hindering it. So, uh, Charlie Bond says, I'll pay for that later. Yeah. <laughs> Rick says, why it helped you load it. Yeah, I doubt, I doubt that. So Rick's, Rick's my neighbor and maybe potentially family somehow down the line. Um, so thanks for watching, Rick. So I'm pretty sure he's family, actually. You're pretty sure? Yeah, I'm pretty not, sure. not quite sure. I don't claim him that often, but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, what makes this the act heavy? Thicker plastic? Um, it's just a lot of plastic. Well, yeah. It's a lot of plastic and, and a, a, a lot of tri track. Yeah, a lot of tri track. But I, I mean, you, you know, the sit on tops have to be molded heavier anyway. And when you're when you're standing on them, no matter what it is, it's going to flex. So you have to put you have to put enough uh, uh, powder in there. Well, plastic. So, so that uh, it can actually it can actually withstand somebody standing on it and people putting you know three hundred pounds of gear on it. Yeah, and, and the, the pressure points of the seats mm-hmm. and and everything that's involved. Um, is is that weight? Is that including the drive? Yeah, that's drive seat. That's everything that comes with the boat. Okay. So if it comes with the boat, that's in, that's included in there. So the accessories, the rod racks, the pads, the drive, the seat. And and the other thing I would say is like this boat has a lot going on. I mean, there's a lot of geometry. You got two hatches, you got a balance turn hatch that, you know, obviously you've got geometry there that add plastic. You've got um, you know, the drive, the upper and the lower, the the seat system, and like you said, the tri-track. So, but 
at 140 pounds were still lighter than than boats in its class i'll, I'll say um, but to go over the specs real quick for those that haven't watched the walkthrough video and you should definitely check that out um, but it's 13 feet nine inches long 37 inches wide weighs 140 pounds um, and so you know when you look at boats that size it's really right where you would expect it to be Rudy wants to know, are, are you doing, are you doing a, a NAR tour? Yeah, well, kind of, I mean, we've been uh, secretly doing one uh, with the NAR, but I will be in Delaware next week. Um, hopefully I think they may even uh, receive some boats while I'm up there at Delaware paddle sports. Then I'll be in Tennessee the week after um, at Caney Fork, one of our dealers. And uh, they definitely will have their boats as well by the time I get there. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we plan to take this thing. There's, there's a lot of places that I want to visit and revisit where I've been before, but now I have kind of the perfect tool. Uh, and, and one of them is a giant tarpon. Uh, years ago, I lost <laughs> a fish to a Still really, talking about a really <laughs> big uh, eagle ray that has pissed me off uh, for a while now. And I've never got that redemption um, to catch a big tarpon <laughs> offshore. And so – this boat will be headed to Pensacola, Florida at some point this summer uh, when the tarpon are running and I will do everything in my power to get my redemption, to get a big tarpon off of this boat uh, because it's, it's made for it. So, well, and, and talking about a, a tour and then you've been secretly um, taking it around I mean, the boat has been tested. I mean, the picture behind us is you down in Costa Rica, and we had several guys down in Panama. Costa Rica. Yep. I mean, yeah, Panama. Um, and then um, Bart has been running one hard while he's been down in Panama. I mean, overall, I mean, the hull itself has been tested. The drive has been really thoroughly tested, right? Yep. I mean, I, I, that's why like I said, I think I, I said it earlier, that's one of the things that really impressed me is, this time around, at least, it's like with that drive, is nobody wanted that thing going out until it's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, we gave it to Josh Stewart. That's what yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we Bart's had one. Uh, I've had a couple. Uh, Josh has had a couple iterations as we went through the the process of prototyping and and pre production. Um, we sent some to Russell uh, Johnson. We've yeah, we we've we spread them out. We we so that's Los Buzos. For those of you that follow kayak fishing, probably know that Los Buzos is the the destination in Panama to go offshore and probably one of the best uh, rooster fish and 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 play, and just big fish destinations in the in the world and um, for kayak fishing. And so we sent uh, we sent some boats down there and some some drives down there. And we we went down and put them through their paces. And Bart's been down there playing with those and. Um, as well and uh yeah we we wanted them in a lot of rough conditions and and i'll i'll say we we had no uh failures like we the drives just held up they did what they were supposed to do and they kind of became a non-issue really like uh when we were we were testing the the boats down in um in panama it was like the first day a lot of people were getting in them for the first time i had had some time in them but a lot of new people hadn't uh that were with us and so by the end of the first day, it was just like, well, how was the driving? Like, honestly, I didn't even think about it all day. Like, I just, it was great. So if you're uh, not it, thinking about it, it's yeah, working it just, right. It just did yeah. what it was supposed to do. So I didn't, 
I didn't pay attention to like, was it, you know, this or that. And, um, and so we, cause we were also testing the steering and we were testing the boat hole and we were testing, you know, we had so many 3d printed parts on the boat that we were, you know, making sure that they would hold up and they would work. Um, and this boat, the, the NARS have been, I've been to Texas with them. I've been to Oklahoma with them to obviously Tennessee. We've been to Panama. We've, we've moved these boats around and we've, we've tested them in a lot of conditions and, um, a lot of rough water, um, to be honest. And yeah, it, it, it works. Everything works. It's great. It's awesome. Rick had a question. Is the belt a poly chain type belt? I don't know anything about that. So yeah, I know it's a Kevlar Gates belt. That's all I can. Yeah, it's a Gates belt, and those yeah. are those are those are proven. Yeah, uh, I'll have to. I'd have to look that up for sure. <laughs> so, uh, guys, um, we've been running a little longer than normal. Oh, you know, I wanted to mention really quick too is that yeah, hey, there are is the walkthrough. Um, Jameson did a walkthrough on the hull. Did a walkthrough on the drive. I guess I should mention Will and James <laughs> did a bit on the drive. It's actually pretty funny. No, it's a great uh, introduction to what it, the drive it is, is. It is funny. They, they, those guys crack me up. Second City's not calling them, though. <laughs> but if you want to look at, at the drive, I mean, there's a couple of those videos out. Uh, guys, you know, if you want me to let you go, I can let you go and then Jameson and I can stick around a little bit longer because I really wanted to kind of do just maybe buzz through some photos of the boat. Yeah. Uh, real quick. I'll if say, you guys uh, want to stick around, we can stick around, but I didn't want to make you hang around if you're, uh, if you didn't want to. So Nick also did, uh, and some, we've got a lot of content uh, coming out more. So I, I know we had some releases scheduled today. I think the FD walkthrough went out and also a full promo um, of the NAR, but what we have coming is some more in-depth walkthroughs. I'm going to be doing a walkthrough on this box. This box has a lot of really cool features and deserves its own walkthrough. Thank you, Nick, for that. And um, but also Nick did a walkthrough with the steering uh, to kind of talk oh, about cool. how that works. And we've got that on on deck to come out as well. And uh, I'm going to do a, a full walkthrough on the tri track. Uh, so over the next little while, I can't, I don't know exactly when we're releasing every, everything out there, but just keep following, uh, you know, at Jackson kayak and on our YouTube channel, our Facebooks and Instagrams and all that good stuff. Um, because we'll have a lot of content to really dive in depth into the tri track, into this multi-box, into the steering, um, to answer a lot of questions, uh, about it, but also, you know, they're starting to show up at dealers. So, you know, if you if you got a local Jackson dealer, uh, call them, find out when they're going to be there and, and go see one in person, because honestly, it, you need to see this boat. It is it is a step above anything I think that we've done. And it's uh, I could not be more proud of our team uh, of of this boat and of our brand right now. Um, so I'm super pumped about the whole situation and that rooster nice. fish. That's <laughs> you ready to share some pictures. Sure. Yeah, I can share them for sure. Uh, you hey, guys want to stick around or? No, you 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 okay. you've got a birthday. Yeah, wife's got a birthday. Okay, here, so and I've got an hour and a half drive. Oh, <laughs> uh, there you go. Well, we'll drop you out, Tony. Guys, I, I really can't thank you guys enough uh, no, for joining. Couldn't do us this without here. you guys for sure. Hey, hey, 
the one thing you got to you know how hard it was for me to keep my language clean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah, you should be. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah right, thank you. Guys. Thank you guys so much. I mean, the boat performs amazingly, and it's uh, because of you guys. So thank y'all. Thanks. All, All right. right. See, take see take you care, guys. Jameson, what's up? You're gonna, gonna share a screen. You're gonna um, share some oh, yeah, photos yeah. with us. Yeah. Let's. Uh, so here's what I would say. Um, if anyone wants to, like, you know, put what they would like to see a photo of, I could try to find that, or I can just, you know, scroll through some really cool images. Um, but we'll start with pulling it up here. Camille, okay. thanks for joining us. Uh, she says, hey, Tony and Nick, proud of you, Tony. Um, not proud of Nick, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Old, old school live uh, at price, please. What was it? Did we say the price at any time? I don't yeah, $41.99 is the price. That's a bargain. Like I said, you can't put a price tag on fun. I'm just looking through. There's so many images right here. I don't know what people want to look at. Um, but we have just, yeah. Beautiful they just want to see, they just want to see more pictures of you, Jameson. <laughs> well, here's a, here's a really great one of Josh. One of the guys that helped with a lot of input. Uh, and I'll say going, going on there with him uh, up to his neck of the woods in, in Maryland and we got two bites. He got two bites, I should say. I didn't fish. I was filming. He got two bites all day, and both of them were studs. Uh, so this was the first bass ever caught in a gnar. And I think that's pretty cool to have one of the guys that gave a lot of feedback and a lot of input in this boat to, to land the first bass and a stud bass uh, in the gnar for sure. Is this uh, red going to be one of the regular colors? Yeah, so the red is a limited edition color called Red Dawn. Um, and, uh, so, you know, get them. It's my favorite. I really dig how the, I'm gonna pull it back up here. Um, I really dig how the, uh, let's go to this one. It's more full screen here. Uh, how the, the black accents of the, of the security bars up front. So you've got some tie down bars up here and the hatches and the tri track. And you'll see a lot of, I will say that you'll see a lot of images where we had a red tri track. That was a pre-production uh, track some of the track on the boat, uh, depending on what color you get, may be red um, in the limited runs. Uh, but the longer bent tri tracks on the side um, are black. So I really dig this this red boat with the black accents. Um, and that's called. Do you? So people know what we're talking about on this tri track. Do you happen to have a close up of tri track? Yeah, I do um, somewhere. Uh, and it's not so you can see it. To? You can see it in this photo. Let's see if I can zoom in on it. Um, so yeah, if you can kind of see here and then of course in our, sorry, I keep moving it around, uh, in our, uh, uh take two, we did kind of a launch on that, that boat, um, showing what the tri track is. Uh, but this again is the red pre-production track. The new is, uh, what, what will come on your boat is black on the, on the bents, uh, track. So what we did is we actually, uh, we have the top loading geometry from Yak Attack, So you can, you know, put a T-bolt in pretty much anywhere on the on the track um, but the tri-track itself is proprietary to us so um, we're you know the only place you're going to be able to get it and that's something we came up with and uh, our R&D team designed 
and it just allows you to do a lot of really cool things. Uh, you can mount stuff on top, on the sides. Like I said, our quick clips come out on the inside of the boat. You can mount a cup holder, like our Orion cup holder that actually comes with the NAR on the side of it. Um, sorry. And you can see that we've got the rod rack hanging there. But also, we're working on some stuff, uh, some clips to be able to run your wiring uh, down the side of the track. So if you come out of the hole... The boat does come with two Yak Attack pass-throughs that you can put anywhere you want. And so oh, if, you pop out, if you pop out of the hole with your wires, you can then jump into the track and use uh, our clips, uh, which I don't think I have a photo of right now on this album here. By the way, Scott Myers took a lot of these really awesome photos for us. Um, there's a close-up picture of the drive. We have some track even on top of the drive which I've been playing around with some different things there. Obviously you can mount a camera mount. Um, that's pretty much the easiest one to mount there, but I've been putting uh, like a roto grip there um, and able to stage a rod, but also my net handle. So I can lay the net on the bow, click my net handle into it. Okay. Um, and makes it really quick and easy way to, to get a hold of your net. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to pop so out. The, that tri tracks allowing us to put something on the inside, the outside or on top. That's correct. Yeah, and I'm going to pop out of this album, actually, and go to this Texas shoot um, because there may be some photos of the boat a little more rigged out. When we were offshore, we kept them very clean. Here's Dustin with some fish out of his U-Pick. Uh, I'll throw a question up there real quick. Uh, will y'all be at ICAST this year? Yes, we will. We do have a booth at ICAST, so be sure to... I thought there would be more right there, but there's not. Um, anyway, uh, the, yes, we will have a booth at ICAST. I cannot remember our booth number. I think it actually just changed. We are very close to PowerPole and a few others. So if you're going to ICAST, be sure to check us out there for sure. Uh, let's see. Freshwater photos. A lot of the tri-track stuff I did in the video. I need to get a lot more good close-up photos of that rigged out. Um you can kind of see from these photos, I mean, just the length of that tri-track on the boat. Here we go. Let's zoom in on this. So it's hard to see, but he's got uh, his paddle holder and his Lawrence unit uh, all in the same area. And again, you've got this whole expansive rail. So you could actually run your wiring on the outside. Um, and I want to pull up a photo. We can cut out of this for a second because it may take me a minute to find it on my phone. What am I doing? You can stop sharing that for a second. I've completely oh, messed up the link. Uh, I was looking over the questions. Um, also, he asked if you're going to be at the Big Be big Gear Show in Park City. That I don't think we have any plans to be at right now. ICAST is the show that we are definitely doing this year, and the NAR will be there. We plan to do both on the water and um, off the water as well. I'm just looking for some more close-up shots of the actual tri-track in action. And I should have had these prepared because I should have known that that was going to happen. <laughs> um, I know I have some on my phone. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send those over to my computer real quick. Any other questions while I look for those? Um, scrolling. 
Gene Wilson says you get an A++ on all the content, walkthroughs, promos, Will and James comedy, etc. Well, I will say this, and uh, this has been a very big joint effort from a marketing team. And, and really, like I said, the whole, every asset, every aspect, I mean, of Jackson Kayak has really come together um, here from the top all the way down to, you know, the bottom and, and our team and, and just everyone has come together and we've, we've had time, we've taken the time to really vet this boat and gather assets while we were doing so. Um, so it's a big deal. Well, like I said, I mean, just the fact that now the the management um, at uh, Jackson has allowed this process and to come out with a boat like this, you know, and like I said, from the top down, it's been such a great effort. I'm going to share my screen again here in just a second. D. Andrew Watson, any other access whole access besides hatches for wiring so just the front and rear hatch is the only two areas that you'll be able to jump in but like i said it comes with the two pass-throughs so i was able to wire mine up pretty easily um you know by excuse me utilizing those pass-throughs all right i've got a photo here it's kind of a close-up photo of of uh some stuff that is yet to come so i'm sharing some i'm dropping some stuff that i may get fussed at for later um, but we are working on and we are developing uh, some wiring clips. And these are a 3D printed uh, version of those. Um, are you sure? Um, don't see the screen. So if you're sharing. Yeah, you are. You're, you're not right. seeing it? Yes, it is. Uh, well, I got to go back and forth to the. I got gotcha. you. Yes, it, it is up on screen with the. Um, the Yak yeah. Attack uh, paddle holder and the Yak Attack uh, fish finder mount. Right. So you can do that. You can actually move the fish finder mount to the outside and articulate your screen however you want it if you wanted to. But the cool thing is, and what you can't see because of the catch board here, is that I have the pass through right there, but I'm able to jump out into the track with my wiring and then keep it nice and clean. And I can slide that forward and aft on the boat, including those clips. I can slide. And that really allows me uh, to move that stuff around and keep it, uh, you know, out of the way tucked in and clean and not have to worry about where my wires pop out of the boat because I can utilize the track using those, those uh, wiring clips. So we will be working on those. I don't have an ETA. It could be a, a while for us to get those into production, but as soon as they're in production, you'll be able to, um, you know, get those going as well. So, but the boat itself is in full blown production and on its yeah. way to dealers, if not already at dealers, um nope that's right there's uh i know okc already has a few on their floor i know delaware is getting some candy fork has some coming very quickly so boats are shipping and they're showing up at dealers for sure um so if you're in those areas like i said if you have a a dealer if you don't know where your local jackson dealer is be sure to go to jacksonkayak.com and check out where your local dealer is call them ask them when it's going to be there go check it out uh, JT is, uh, is asking as far as paddle goes, what length would you recommend for this boat? I'm guessing a 250, 260. Yeah, that's what I had. Um, so I have the uh, adjustable length paddle for bending branches. There's a few others out there. You can get, you know, whatever size you need. But I think mine was a 255, uh, 260 
Uh, yeah, you're you're with Warner, I know. Um, but yeah, I would say 255, 260. Depends on you. Um, it's not just the width of the boat or your height or any of that. Uh, some people are high angle uh, paddlers, and I'm more of a high angle paddler. And I think because of the high seat position, uh, you tend to be a little more high angle anyway um, in that boat. And you got a taller gun also, getting you know kind of raising your stroke up a little bit. And uh, but I found the the 255 worked well for me 260 would probably work a little bit better yeah like i said you you get that higher seat and you just don't want to be in a position when you are paddling when you're having to lean you know right. you want to still stay fluid in here and like in my crack and i'm a 240 you know yep. back in the day with the old scupper pros i think it was a 220 <laughs> yeah i remember yeah, starting was... out at 230 and then now we're at 260 with the width of the boats and the seat positions and whatnot yeah and it's your height and like jameson's your paddle style if you're a low angle paddler or a high angle paddler you know again as he says being in the higher seat you tend to get into a higher position just because of the way you're going so um i'm guessing uh what was the width again 37 37 i'm guessing depending on how tall you are um you're gonna you're not gonna be unhappy with the 260 no 260 is gonna get you there for sure and that's that's where i would start but you know it's one of those things and i, and I tell people this with pfds as well like you can't uh put a like you really need to sit in the boat uh sit in that seat try on the pfd try the paddle like yeah. find what works for you and your style and it's you know these things aren't cheap so um you know get get what works and and uh you'll be a lot happier a lot more comfortable do you have photos i know you you have a bunch of photos there i mean could we do just a really quick run through and just you know show some of the features or should I just say, hey, people, just go watch the walkthrough? I think watching the walkthrough would be the best way, mostly because the way these photos are are put in here is that they're all over. And I'm right. just going to be digging through to try to find uh, photos. But what you have proven to me is that we need to sort the photos and kind of show photos of each feature um, so that, you know, if this arises again, I can do that quickly. But the walkthrough, literally, I go bow to stern uh, on the boat and I cover every little feature of it. And then we're going to do more walkthroughs um, over the course of the next few weeks and months um, as more things come out, as we, you know, to showcase all the little individual accessories and things like that, um, you know, that are going on. Oh, we got NRS joining us. Hey, NRS, I'm wearing the right hat. Yep. And I'm wearing the magic one today that works with my green screen. That one's actually, yes, I noticed that earlier for sure. I love it. Like, uh, I, I can have the rooster fish pattern on it. Uh, that's cool. That's actually not a bad idea. We should go NRS, rooster fish pattern. Logo. Hey, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you about, um, the bow handle is that nice, big, round, burly, awesome, because, gosh, I, I the old shark bite handles that dig into your hand. Oh, excuse me what's is it the same on the on the stern i didn't i didn't notice so the stern is kind of hidden and tucked into is the it power, cupped like, kind of yeah it is cut it does go all the way through um actually now that you say that i'm gonna have to look at a photo <laughs> i should know this and i know i know it but i think i'm pretty sure all right now i'm gonna have trouble finding one of the stern aren't i um and i have two in my driveway i could just like go, go run uh <laughs> Any issues with the lower unit popping up from too much torque or speed? 
No, I did I see that question. That, that does not happen. The only time it's going to pop up is if you actually hit something, which is obviously when you would want it to pop up. So Yeah, and take a look at these videos because, I mean, it, I don't know if it was on the walkthrough video or on a tease video or something, but when that thing kicks up, it kicks up. I mean, it, it is totally protected um, up into the hull. So um, unlike some other ones, you know, you could run this thing straight into the beach and you're you're going to be protected. So it's pretty correct. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, that's, you know, what makes it very unique and very different and uh, that it can be. And it doesn't go all the way through. So basically, yes, you have a big cutout or, you know, a big grab area underneath the boat, um, you know, where you can get a hold of that uh, that area okay. to, to lift and, and move the boat. And then the front we actually worked on that geometry a bit. So some of the boats in the past had, it was almost like oversized too much. So you couldn't get your hand around it good and grip it. Uh, so we adjusted that a little bit as well. Um, Ricky, I would like to see some photos of how the steering is set up to make the turning radius better. Um, it, I don't know if he's got any, but I, I know you did, Jameson did mention that there is a walkthrough video coming up specifically on the steering right so there is and when, once there, that comes out i'll definitely be linking that into our show there's also um in the walkthrough i do i do show a close-up of the of the handle of on the steering but basically what it does is it's a it's a cable or in this case it's spectra cordage um steering and we have a disc in the back that uh, this, this uh, cable comes out of the hole, loops around the disc, goes back through the, hand, the steering handles on each side, goes up to the front of the boat uh, through a couple of pulleys. So it's a closed loop system. So when you turn the right or the left handle, um, it's going to pull the other one with it. And basically that just allowed us to get a lot more throw uh, in the rudder, um, which is why the steering is much more tightened up. Uh, and uh, like I said, we cover that really well in uh in the walkthrough and there'll be a separate walkthrough that just kind of goes through how the steering is routed through the boat and how it works and uh jt as uh for the transducer protector is it geared for any brand in particular no what we try to do is hit a sweet spot that covered as many brands as possible so it, uh what i'm using right now is of a rance uh fs or elite fs um, and when we did some measuring, we compared the Raymarine, the Garmin's, the, the Humminbirds, and the Rance. It seemed that the, the Rance was actually the largest. Uh, so we made sure that it was accommodated and that um, it, it would work with kind of every, all the major uh, large transducers that are on the market. And that is such a changing uh, space. I know when we did, uh, when we designed one around the one for the Raymarine Dragonfly, it wasn't very long after that, that that transducer actually changed and it no longer fit. Uh, right. the new one and they did a great job working with us and, and keeping that transducer coming yeah. out it's a it's uh, a moving target <laughs> it is but what we tried to do is take all the ones that were kind of the popular ones on the market right now and give you enough space to fit uh the biggest ones that are out there so um then going down from there is yeah when i when i first started putting fish finders on kayaks you had the hummingbird and the transducer was about like this yeah right and yeah. that um, one fits no problem <laughs> yeah and now you know the axiom one is like this mm -hmm. and um and the axiom fits uh, side the imaging element. and now he said I, I may have missed something he said the transducer protector is it just a transducer scupper 
So is we have a transducer scupper, and there's also a thermoform uh, cover that you can uh, put on over the transducer to protect it. Uh, so but that's going to eliminate your side imaging. You know, I thought it would, but mine actually worked through it. Um, okay. On mine. So as long I ended as getting up enough water it, in will, there, I guess it would work. It, it did seem to work. Um, and that was with the, uh, like I said, the Elite FS. Now, I will say this that when I was launching down in Panama and I, and I got sand inside the, between the transducer and the cover, because the covers opened on the back. Right. Uh, to allow things to wash through and come out. But essentially you're going to get stuff in there if you're launching on the beach and you've got breakers and all that stuff's yeah. going on. So what I noticed is it would create like, uh, I'll call it noise at the surface of the water. So when I was I shooting gotcha. down imaging and all that stuff, like it looked like there was a lot of noise uh, close to the surface. And I think it was because of that stuff in there. So I ended up taking it completely off. I took the cover completely off. The transducers are very durable anyway, right. and it's tucked in enough to where the boat itself is kind of protecting it. Um, unless you just hit something right on that transducer, I, I've been fine with it. So I have one boat, uh, one of the marketing boats that we're filming with, with the cover on it and one that has no cover on it. And uh, so. For what it's okay. I, I have one more question and then we'll get to the one that's up there. Um, the bait pump scupper. Uh, I noticed you put a cover on that. Yeah. Um, is that so it's not collecting so much water? Or is that to actually hold the pump in? Um, what, I think, what's going you know, on that there? was one of the things that uh, I think the RMD team kind of came up with. It wasn't necessarily in the design thing, but it was more just aesthetically and to keep, you know, things from finding their way into a very large uh, scupper area for that, where that pump would go. Um, you know, as far as, I don't think you, you wouldn't be able to cover the pump up. You'd have to remove that if you were going to put the pump in, but it just, you know, that scupper with that, if you don't have the pump in it, it's a, it's a large it's big. scupper. Um, yeah. So it doesn't actually keep, you know, there's water down in that area. That's how come the bait tank scupper works. Cause it can get water um, without having to be, you know, um, prime. Uh, but it just kind of cleans up the look a lot of that area and keeps this big giant cavity for, you know, things to find their way down in. So, okay. So before I get to this question, I had one more, um, then, um, just cause things are popping in my head. You had it in rough surf. Uh, you launched through surf. Did you have, you have breaking waves over you? Did you have conditions where your cockpit filled with water? How well does it drain? So it drains really quick. Uh, think about it like this. the Where the drive is, is a giant scupper. Okay. Um, so not just where the drive pops up, but the drive where it actually, the lower unit uh, bolts into the boat uh, while it's not open, like it's not a big hole. Uh, there's no gasket or anything, right? So there's space between usually, you know, so water can just, you know, drain out pretty much that entire area from from the where the lower unit sits in the boat, plus where the drive you know, where you can access the prop to clean any debris or fishing line that you might get caught on it. Um, that's all a big scupper. So water dumps out of this boat really quickly. Um, it is a very dry boat. And what Tony was speaking to with the rocker and the way the bows design, I did, if you watch the teaser video, um, James calls it my underwear model or my <laughs> perfume uh, video where we're 
we have the campfire like set up blazing on the beach and we launch through the, the breakers. Uh, we had a very short break that day. And for those that don't know, a short break is like where the wave almost gets to the shore, you know, before it breaks, which is, I think one of the harder uh, surf launches to do because it's really shallow and the wave is tall and breaks right in the shallow part. So you can't get, you know, it's harder to get out and get momentum going. To it's get- shallow to deep very quick. Very quick yeah. <laughs> so it's just like the wave so, just comes in and goes, go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you, you, so you go from, you know, ankle deep water to not being able to stand to jump into your boat. So it's this, you know, you got to time it right. You got to do all those things. Um, and when I did it in that video, if you watch closely in the, in the beginning, when I go through that wave, the bow lifts up and over the wave instead of punching through the wave, which is what Tony was speaking to. You know, you don't want to pencil it. You don't want all that giant wave of water coming into the boat because uh, that's when you're going to get yourself into trouble. So it was really cool to see uh, from the drone uh, footage that we filmed there where the boat r- rose up and went over the wave and then it came back down and uh and it it, sh- it you know threw water away from it so we did have some water that came in obviously we were in, we were in different conditions and i'll say you know big swell i think is easier to deal with than a lot of chop with uh where you have like you know white water and reactionary waves coming at you from a lot of different directions and no. we had some of that while we were in panama when we had some wind doing one thing and some current doing another thing um and you know you get those occasional splashes and, and the boat drained really quick so Okay, we're going to take two more questions, and then we're going to go because this thing is gone way long. <laughs> well, it's awesome. I, I'm glad because, uh, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of uh, – the videos are definitely getting a lot of play, and I'm sure there's a lot of questions. So anything we can answer is awesome. Uh, Charlie Bond, what are the colors? So the standard 2022 colorway, which is Tiger Shark, orange, white, and black. Uh, that Tiger Shark oh, looks cool. It does, and there's some photos if you look at Jackson's uh, Facebook and Instagrams uh, that Scott Myers uh, took on the beach there with the sunset, and they just, I mean, killer. That color was so killer on that boat. Uh, So, again, that's orange, white, and black uh, Aurora, uh, which is named after the the Northern Lights, and it is going to be lime green, uh, uh, white, and black. Um, so you kind of take the Arctic that we had, uh, last year and we added a pop of lime green in there. Um, and then, uh, the, it looks like Bridget's actually answered the question as well. And then yeah. red Dawn, which is a limited edition. And of course it comes in, uh, the forest camo and the red Dawn is the solid red forest camo. Obviously we know that's olive, uh, tan and black. Okay. Last question, unless another one comes up, um, <laughs> Love what I'm seeing with this new kayak. How easy to store tackle under the seat from the front, from the sides, right? Now I have a big rig FD and I keep my tackle bags under my seat for easy access. You can definitely go in from the sides uh, very easily. Uh, you also have quite a bit of space uh, uh, on the seat frame itself where you could uh, shove a tackle box under there as well. Um, so, yeah, you can. there's a lot of room under the seat uh, for storing different things. Uh, and you know, keep uh, your eyes peeled because you never know what cool things you might come out. So. Awesome. Well, I know there's some questions we missed. We'll go through later, and I'm taking off here in a little bit. Going to go see a concert tonight. Who you seeing? Uh, you told me already, but I think the viewers would like to know. Um. Oh, did you already forget? I, <laughs> it's like you are old. <laughs> I, I am. Offspring. 
Yeah. Gonna, gonna go see the awesome. offspring tonight. Yeah, me and my son. So uh looking forward to that. It's gonna be a lot of fun. But uh yeah, um we'll go through and and look at questions and Jameson, I'm sure will and answer that any that we may have missed. If you're watching this later, not live, and you want to throw some questions up there, definitely do that because we will um, definitely uh, be keeping an eye on those. And look at those um, those uh, walkthrough videos and, and the comedy one with James and Will because we need to give them some likes and stuff because it'll make them <laughs> it'll make them feel better. No, it's all good stuff, and and you can find it all at obviously jacksonkayak.com and. Follow us on Jackson Kayak Fishing on uh, Facebook, Jackson Kayak on Facebook, Jackson Kayak Fishing, and Jackson Kayak on Instagram. All the social medias. All of them. Yeah, it's <laughs> there. The stuff is there. All right, Jameson. Thanks a lot, man. That was a lot of fun. And thank the guys, uh, uh, Tony and Brad and um, what was uh, Jeff? I can't remember the other guy's name. <laughs> oh, poor Nick. Tony, oh, Brad, and Nick. I, well, I've I've never dealt with Nick before. Yeah, so. Nick is Nick is really awesome. Uh, he spends a lot of time on on the CAD program, doing a lot of the design work, and puts up with me. and And I, I do want to say real quick before we go, just thank you guys. I see a lot of you guys watching that were a part of this process, Jim. You were. Um, I think this is one of the first boats since I've been at Jackson where we really took a lot of team. Uh, input and uh, not just the people that were in the the closed group if you will but we came to that initial thought process of what we wanted by really listening to what our team wanted what the consumers and dealers wanted and and then we kind of built that uh that group that core group of people that did that you know that were tournament big water tournament guys big lakes offshore guys like yourself that have been fishing offshore out of a kayak for maybe longer Ever. than i've been alive <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not, that, not quite um Almost. but but the uh yeah just thank thank all of you guys uh for that from from me and uh we we got here because of you guys and we got here because of our r&d team and and uh yeah like you said it was a this is the most involved i think i've ever seen the total family of jackson from team all right. the way up to CEO uh, yeah, in a project. It, it, so it's, it's been fun. Um, even the little bit that I was involved. Um, I mean, it, it's been fun. It's always fun to see something come together. Uh, and with all those ideas and then you started going, okay, you know, I remember us talking about that and, and it's all, you just see it all get incorporated. And cause believe me guys, if you've never been involved in this process and I've been involved in this process many times on quite a few different boats, and you get all these ideas and trying to incorporate them. You're, you're not going to make everybody happy, yeah. you know, because by and large, you know, we always say everybody wants a super fast, super stable, very light, super, super light boat. Like oh, they can hold 500 pounds. Yeah. They'll <laughs> hold 500 pounds that I can stand up in. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's hard. And, and Tony's right. There's a lot of compromises, but I'll say that, you know, I know you haven't gotten the chance to sit in one yet. Uh, and you've got one coming very soon, hopefully. And, um, but the guys that were on the team, uh, that we put together, that got to spend time in the boat, a couple of them I've heard, you know, say, and I quote, uh, this is perfect. This is exactly what we asked for. Uh, the R&D team knocked out of the park. If you watch the promo video where I have some testimonials from different guys like Russell and Josh and uh, Dustin and a few others that were that were a part of this, you know, that's real. Like that was there. You just got off the water with the boat. Here's a camera in your face, you know, and, and they were, you know, uh, 
almost emotional about it because it it really did feel like and and we did answer to the things that they asked for in the team. So it's really been cool to see to take that, know that we're working hard to to do it, and the R and D time R and D team is really working hard, and then bring that product, that finished product, to a person like. Uh, those guys that were involved in that process, have them get in the boat and have a big giant smile on their face and say, this is what we asked for. Um, so you know that you you were able to check those boxes and that's been really cool. That's, that's awesome. And I, I am very much looking forward to getting in one. I'm looking forward to experimenting uh, or experiencing uh, the new drive. Uh, I think uh, from, I mean, it's from everything I've heard from the guys who have had time on it, 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 it's head and shoulders above what was out there and they're very, very happy. So I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. So anyway, Jameson, thanks, man. I really appreciate your, uh, your time here and Thank everybody you. again, go and watch those uh, walkthrough videos. I will be seeing you later, Jameson. Yep. Wow. That was a long show, <laughs> but uh, tons of information. Again, I appreciate everybody joining us sitting through this whole thing. If you are watching this as a replay, please let us know. And if you have questions, throw them up there because we are going to come back and answer questions later. So uh, I hope you all have a good night. And if you are getting out on the water, please, please, please always remember wear your PFD and keep your paddle or your pedals right side up. <laughs>